back to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Happy to be with you here on a Monday. I am Jake Bachman. He is Eric Strickland. We're going to run through some NFL storylines here in a moment. I did uh, want to get to this, though, before we do, is uh, just kind of say uh, RIP to Adrian Payne, a former Michigan State basketball player. Actually, was picked in the NBA Top 15 uh, pick. Uh, a few years back, he played for Michigan State in 2013 and 2014. Uh, unfortunately, was shot and killed in Orlando um, uh, early Monday morning. Um, so uh, it's a, it's kind of a sad day there for the Michigan State family. Um, you might remember him well in the Big Ten when he played uh, for Michigan State. Nebraska had some memorable games back then um, with Sparty uh, and uh I especially remember during his time at Michigan State when he was he kind of befriended an eight eight year old girl with cancer named uh, Lacey Holsworth, and uh, that was we kind of became a very cool story throughout the um, th- throughout the Big Ten tournament, and throughout the AC you know in the NCAA tournament, and it's kind of his career there was kind of connected with her. She ended up passing away as well, um, you know, around that time. And uh, so it's just kind of sad to see uh, a guy that uh, is known as a good guy throughout college basketball um, and NBA circles um, pass away at a young age. But uh, so RIP to Adrian Payne there. Um, Let's get into some NFL storylines there on a bit of a a brighter note here. Uh, And just a few of them to get to. Uh, The biggest one today is actually um, probably the the, the Giants cutted one of their (laughs) – cut it. They cut one of their starting quarterback cornerbacks there in James Bradbury. They were looking to trade him for basically anything, and for some reason – they didn't get anything for him, um, so they ended up having to cut him. They they said it's this is not because Bradbury did anything wrong or anything like that. He's a starting corner in this league. They just don't have the money to pay their draft picks and their scout team and all that, so they just need to make some cuts. Um, kind of surprising to see nobody jumping at that. I guess it was maybe one of the worst-kept secrets in the league that they needed to, to cut somebody. That's the crazy thing about the, the business, right? It's It's – it's so it's so fickle and you can be a starting guy you can be performing you can be handling your business and at the end of the day it comes down to money if the if the team can't afford you anymore they can let you go and if another team i mean really in all times you're playing for every team in the league you're never just playing for the new york giants or the tampa bay buccaneers or the you know carolina panthers you're just not playing ever for one team i think that's one of the things that they always told me it, it was it was a crazy dynamic in that um, I, I played for New Jersey Nets in the summer in, in a summer league out in the Northeast. I played for the Indiana Pacers in L.A. Um, I went to Portsmouth for like a pre-draft camp. I didn't go to the Chicago one, but I went to the Portsmouth one, and I I, I thought I played terrible. I, I thought I didn't play well. But the thing is, is that you've got to realize you're never just playing for the team that you're on. Even when I re-signed my contract with the Mavericks, I was in summer league with the Mavs. I felt I was never just playing for them. You know, I had to basically create interest amongst other teams in order to get the contract that I was negotiating for. Because if nobody was going to want you, then obviously you're betting against you or you're basically playing against yourself. And and they're they're basically negotiating against themselves. So um, it's unfortunate that a, a starter like that and somebody that has arrived and made it to 
the highest pinnacle, not all, not only of the league, but also as a starter. And then no, no one can find a place for you. It's either that other teams feel that they're filled, they got what they needed, they don't want to pay you the salary. So he'll probably go on the waiver wires and go on the uh, waiver wires is different. It's probably that's for football. I mean, basketball, but he'll probably go out there and then he'll be a free agent. Somebody will pick him up. Um, you know, it's always good to have that kind of depth. They're just not going to pay him what he's probably getting paid in New York. Yeah. And they're not going to pay him starter money. So that's an unfortunate trade-off that you have. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you would think if somebody wanted him as their starter, they would just make the trade. Cause it was well done that he was out there on the trade block. Um, so mm-hmm. everybody passed and, and, and yeah, but at least for what it's worth, there's a good cornerback out there on the market if your team's in need. So look out for him. Uh, also the, the schedule has not been released, but they kind of tease these a uh, few uh, different games that they have out there. Uh, week two, Monday night football. They've got a double header. I love the Monday night football double headers that they have early in the season. And they announced the, the bills will host the Titans. Uh, in the first game of that uh, of that doubleheader, then they'll have the Eagles and the Vikings. So uh, that will be kind of fun. You like the doubleheaders, or is it tough to stay up? I mean, it's it's once a year. I don't think they should do it every weekend or every Monday. But uh, I I think for the the one the one week they do it, it's always kind of fun. You're first kind of getting back into NFL football, being back, and uh, who who what's who who's to complain about two Monday night football games? Except for those teams, you know, nobody wants to play with a short, short week and all that. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, they probably will break it down normally. They probably play somebody out west, somebody out east, so that you don't have. You see, I'm losing my voice. Yeah, <clears throat> a lot of screaming out there. <laughs> um, yeah, they'll probably play somebody, you know, in that manner to make it work out scheduling wise. But I love it. I love it when you get an opportunity to watch a couple of games on a Monday night. Usually, it's just that one game, and and uh, to have that to happen on. A, I'm sure it's good for their ratings. I'm sure it's good for. Uh, the fans get a chance to watch on a Monday night after a work day. You didn't have some brew. You're sitting at home, and now you're you don't get just one game. You get two, and I'm sure it's good for the analysts that get to do the games. You know, to get to work uh, a, a double stretch on a Monday night would be fun as well. Instead of just having the one crew, you got two. He sounded a little bit like <laughs> Tobias Harris. Uh, did you see he got he got hit in the neck and then he lost his voice for the rest of the game <laughs> yesterday? So uh, I guess he's fine with it. The Sixers win, but uh, you know it's uh, <laughs> what it started. What started it off is water went down the wrong pipe. Oh so yeah, I, was, I half, halfway had tears in my eyes and then it kind of <laughs> left me out there a little bit. Yeah, it made it worse than what it already was. I was trying to clear my throat and ended up making it worse. <laughs> uh, a little bit more of the NFL news. And notes about the Washington Commanders. They're set to bring back their marching band after a two-year hiatus. Of course, the COVID season, they kind of sat out like everybody else did. To not, nobody went to the games. Um, and then last year, they just kind of felt it was kind of awkward with the Washington football team. They didn't have a name. Um, so the marching band kind of gets dressed up. They don't really know what to dress up in. But they'll be back. They also recently replaced their cheerleaders with a co-ed dance team, uh, which I found that kind of a bit surprising. But, you know, maybe that makes a little bit more sense. I got to be honest, when I watch uh, Nebraska, basketball the cheerleaders are there and, and, and this is nothing against cheerleading it's it you know it's kind of cool you know, everybody you know if you're into it you're into it um but uh the dance team i, I think kind of has the cooler moves and they choreograph things and you know the the, the music's going I, I don't at first i kind of thought well that's odd and then I, I thought you know to my basketball experience and kind of thinking you know what i guess i do watch the dancers a little bit more than the cheerleaders well in the in the nba especially they at first, you know, obviously they had the dance squads and so forth and so on. 
Some people didn't like it because they felt that it got risque as far as the yeah. dress that they had, the way that they were dressing in the, the gyrating and such. It's supposed to be a, <laughs> a family sport. And yeah. so the, that issue props up. And then all of a sudden you, you probably, you had some men that were talking about, Hey, you know, I can dance too. Yeah. And so then what they tried to do is they tried to create like the Mavs created uh, the maniacs which is a is an all male group, but they're all big. They're like all oh, yeah. got big bellies and you oh, know, yeah. hefty dudes, <laughs> and they go out there and they do their kind of performance. Sometimes they'll they'll do a co you know a co performance with the dance squad, and and they they've done stuff like that. They've created they've created just an uh, entertainment atmosphere, right? And so um, yeah, the dance squads adding that on, um, they're probably setting a precedent now. There's probably going to be more teams that are going to ask for it. Um, probably the one that won't do it is going to be the Cowboys. <laughs> They're just, yeah. gonna, you know, they got that's iconic, their, that's iconic their tradition. That's their oh, yeah. thing. The Cowboys cheerleaders, that's what we do. And so you're going to probably have some balance of that. I mean, DC is very progressive. So, you know, I, I, I don't doubt it that they went that, that way. Um, they're still trying to figure it out. I mean, shoot, the, the marching band has been around since 1937. Yeah. So, um, you know, used to always love it, man. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I used to love it when John Riggins and all of that crew was in there and Joe Theismann and, and you know, they would play the songs and, and it was a nice little atmosphere out there in D.C. And, and obviously the tradition got lost in COVID and during that whole uh, two year situation. And, and it's good that they'll be able to bring it back. I mean, uh, do you change the fight song? I don't know. I mean, uh-huh. it, it was a. You know, kind of a hogs and you know redskin type of uh, fight song to yeah. it, but you know now it's the commanders. Do they do they throw like a you know U.S. Air Force type of theme <laughs> to it or, or what? I mean, do they do a throw a Star Trek theme to it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I still got to get used funny. to the commanders. <laughs> yeah, it's still weird to say the Washington Commanders. That that sounds like a. Yeah, I, I don't know, like a <laughs> arena football team or something. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't fit right with me. I thought, I mean, but look, I thought it was weird even when I was with the Mavs at first, because right, we used to have the hat, the cowboy hat, and and then they, you know, yeah. Mark came in and revamped it and changed it up, and it became a horse. And, and <laughs> that's uh, right, I forgot about that. <laughs> at first, a lot of people were like. Like looking at them crazy, but yeah. you know, then it caught on, and then everybody rolled with it. I mean, that may be the case out there. Yeah. You know, they they wear their out- outfits, their new uniforms. I think they're going to wear, um, I think burgundy and gold uniforms. Uh, so they're staying with that. I'm still interested to see how it's going to, you know, catch. Yeah, you know, what type of catch it's going to have out there. Well, I th- I think for like the Washington- or they change the bullets too. Yeah, like. Uh, I get it. I mean, at Wizards. one point in time, D.C. and Baltimore is like oh, one yeah. of the highest per capita of murders. And, yeah, you got a team that's called the Washington Bullets. I, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I could understand that switch. But, but yeah, but um, yeah, that, that, there's been a lot of changes in, in some of the reasoning behind the changes. Obviously, um, you know, some people don't like it. But, you know, I, I think if there's people that you're not offending, if you're – uh, you have discussions. I, I don't know f- how the full discussions went, but if you have discussions, like for example, the Cleveland Indians, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if I remember correctly, they had some discussions with uh, one of the Indian tribe or a few of the Indian tribes that were in the area to, to see, you know, how do they feel about that? And some of them, from my understanding is that they were saying it was an honor. 
Yeah. It was an honor to have the name and, and, and so forth. But obviously some people don't care about that. They, you know, they want to, you know, fight the fight their good fight and, yeah. and hopefully make a change to whatever it is they're trying to fight. Well, their logo didn't do them any, any good graces. That was basically their yeah. red skin yeah. Indian guy there. So they went with the Guardians. So uh, we'll kind of see how, how all that plays out. It's just a, it's, it's a world of change. So I suppose you got to get used to it. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders um, seem to not be heading in the right direction. Wait, wait real quick. Yeah. Then why? How do you think the Oreo feels? The Oreo? Yeah, he's, hopefully he's on it, I suppose. What, what, what if the Oreo swoops down, he flies down, he, he's he's squawking, he's trying to let you know that I don't like this. I'm trying to, you know, I'm tired of y'all portraying me in this fashion. Yeah. Why don't the Oreo have a voice? Well, that is the, you know, the the old the, the argument within is where do you where do you draw the line and what is what's an honor yeah, what's you know what's not you know so it's a uh, it's a tough road to go down but uh i it, i think a lot of it's going in the right direction for what it, for what it is i did like the washington football team that really grew on me at first i thought that's silly you got to you got they're, they're just mishandling this and after a while you kind of go yeah i kind of like the washington football team i think it sounds better than the commanders but we'll get used to that too washington wizards is still one that's like if you say it it sounds good but if you if you just like separate, it's like, is there a team called the Wizards? That's kind of weird, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. But back to the Raiders. Speaking of change, of course, they went to Las Vegas recently. And uh, as exciting as that was set to be, it's been a disaster, um, uh, you know, with with the roster. We've talked plenty about that, of course, uh, had their own problems with John Gruden, general manager Mike Mayock let go. And recently over the weekend, they let go of their team president, Dan Ventrell, uh, who's, who said that he, he's thinking that he's being let go because there's a, to- a hostile work environment there in Vegas. He took the complaints to the NFL, and then now he doesn't have a job. So you kind of wonder, first of all, you know, where that story is going to head and, and what that's going to lead to when you just got rid of, like, this is a whole new group here already. Is there already problems within the work environment? And then second of all, does it affect <laughs> does it affect the team? Because as much problems as Vegas had last year, again, with the roster, with their coach, their GM, you lose all that, still make the playoffs. So maybe they can, can fight uphill on this stuff. Yeah, I mean, listen, when you when you think about all the turmoil that they've dealt with, right, um, you, you've got you've to say usually turmoil is a symptom of a bigger issue. Right. It's the same thing as a a sickness is the depth of something that is going on internally that only comes out in a form, in a sickness, in a rash, in whatever it is. Right. But it's something else that's going on. They've been having troubles. I mean, it's not only just Ventrell. Ventrell was basically taking information, it sounds like, based on the, the reporting, is that there was some information that was brought to his attention. He took it to the owner, Mark Davis, uh, on Friday, then released his own statement uh, later on. Um, and then allegedly he was fired as, as what he would say allegedly is retaliation for bringing these concerns by not just one employee, but multiple employees about a hostile workplace and conditions that were going on within the NFL. And and so he's he, he you know in his statement he's basically saying that he brought this directly to Mark Davis, uh, and and Mark just kind of blew it off and you know potential conduct that also was involving himself, and just acted like when he was confronted with it with a very dismissive and snarky 
kind of manner. And, and, and so he didn't demonstrate a level that warranted concern. And so with that, then, you know, just the fact that you bring it out is then costing him his job, so to speak. And uh, but the thing is, it doesn't stop there. I mean, in addition with him leaving Ventrell, uh, the Raiders also saw uh, issues on their business side, which is departures from their chief financial officer, Ed Villanueva. They had their senior vice president of strategy and business development, Brandon Dahl. He left the control, the controller. Uh, Raxi Grant left last summer. Uh, then on the football side of things, you, we all know about the John Gruden situation who had mm-hmm. just signed a 10-year contract in 2018. He had resi- he resigns uh, based on some email scandal. The general manager, as we talked, you just talked to and alluded to, Mike Mayock, who was hired in 2019, was let go in January. And so then now you have also the general manager and Josh McDaniels, who has just recently taken over. And then Jeremy Arguero, uh, I mean, Arguero uh, on Thursday, resigned as the chief of operations and analytics officer and just seven months. So it's crazy. Uh, we don't know what's going on, but there's something definitely going on internally that's uh, uh, being uprooted right now. Who would have thought after all these years of worrying about putting a team in Vegas that things would already become to this? I mean, I, I think that was the fear all the time, to- all this time. And obviously, maybe the right people aren't in place as we know there. But it sounds more, you know, as bad as the Gruden stuff was on its own. You know, maybe it's more of a, a cultural thing than just one guy in there. So uh, we'll kind of see how that turns out uh, quickly. We've got to go to break. But uh, what do you think about Russell Wilson and Sierra naming their dog Bronco? That's a great move. That's a great, that's a boss move. Yeah, there you go. Basically name the dog, you know, the Bronco. That's a boss move. So every time Bronco shows up in the game with Sierra, he's going to get all the love that that (laughs) any dog could ever want. He's going to be able to eat and pee and poop (laughs) wherever he wants because he's the Bronco and he's running things. That's right. And and really good for Russell Wilson to get the the Broncos fans behind him, as if they were not already. Um, But uh, good time for for the boss move. move. Yeah. Uh, We'll take a quick break. It's time for a shootout with Strick. Give us a call, 402-464-5685. First person to do so will be getting in line to play shootout with Strick. If you win, you get $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. That's coming up next here on the block. Give us a call, 402-464-5685. We'll play shootout with Strick next.